0: Welcome to the Western Water Market Podcast, the show that helps you better understand, manage, protect, and trade the West's most valuable resource and perhaps your greatest asset, water rights. I'm your host and the founder of Western Water Market, Christina Rebella. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Western Water Market Podcast. I am just thrilled to be here today with Thomas Schumann. Thomas, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much, Christina. Appreciate that.
0: Yes. So, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? There's some exciting things that you're working on.
1: Sure. i um, originally from Frankfurt, Germany. I came to the U.S. in 1996, and um, in 2011, I entered uh, the space of uh, of water. I helped. Uh, some uh, water technology companies and some large uh, scale desalination projects in California with their financing needs. And in 2017, I realized to really make an, a global impact for uh, United Nations Sustainable Development Number no. Six, which is to ensure access to water, it would be helpful to provide global investors, global capital markets with an investment strategy that uh, qualifies and quantifies water risk and equities in corporates. So I developed the first. Um, Benchmark Equity Index Series, and uh, we are currently in the process of uh, launching a first uh, USITS ETF, that's an exchange-traded fund out of Europe, uh, together with uh, two large uh, prominent financial institutions. That's what I'm doing, public equity markets. And then on the private side, I um, came across uh, Greenland uh, roughly two years ago, and um, the government of Greenland decided to um, uh, tender their ice and freshwater water. Uh, exploration license, license rights. And uh, there are several companies who applied for that and they received licenses with 20-year terms to, to uh, commercialize uh, Greenland's freshwater up to, um, in some cases, up to 7 or 10 trillion liters per year. And uh, we are now in the process of um, partnering and uh, acquiring some of these licensees to, to uh, monetize and commercialize this uh, very precious premium freshwater from Greenland for the benefit of people uh, planet and profit, uh, so it's an impact venture, but it's obviously profit-driven as well. And um, the company that is doing that is uh, is a new company that we formed here in the US. It's called Project Greenland.
0: Ah, oh, so fascinating, Thomas. I'm so thankful you came on the show today. This work that you're doing with with Greenland was especially fascinating to me. Um, and and I just I want to dive into this a bit more. Uh, certainly, I I'm so thankful that you came to Western Water Market for us to be able to help market this this new premium source of water, which I just think is is pretty incredible. So thank you for that. Thank you for uh, connecting and and working with us here at the market. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about this water. So often, you know, when when we're in the West here and we're talking uh, water rights and water availability. Um, we're thinking about conveying water through um, pipelines and canals or, you know, using reservoirs and things. This is a, this is like potentially importing water. It's like exotic water and it's actually, it's the physical water, right? Um, Can you just share a little bit more about logistically how this might even happen if, if someone was interested in, in this particular water from Greenland?
1: Yes, great question. Um, it hasn't been done before uh, large scale, so that's it's complete pioneering, uh, new venture. There, um, there have been icebergs uh, towed. Um, I think five or six years ago, or there wasn't a, there was a fairly unsuccessful attempt to tow a large iceberg from the Antarctica um, to the MENA region, Middle East, North Africa. Um, what we are doing is basically. Uh, scaling up from bottled water. Bottled water has been shipped around the world or has been shipped around the world as we speak, True. you know, be it, be it Fiji or other brands that are coming in from Europe uh, to the U.S. We're looking at uh, large scale, industrial scale, bulk freshwater supply. And in a nutshell, it's, it's fairly simple. We're bringing in uh, so-called coastal tankers. That's uh, one of the smallest categories of, um, of uh, liquid transport vessels. And they carry 50,000 deadweight tons that equates to roughly... 45 million liters per ship and they're being brought into greenland and uh, loaded there with the water there is onshore uh, logistics pipeline filtering etc et etc cetera, et cetera. then these ships are being filled and then the water can be delivered anywhere around the world uh, obviously uh, one of the challenge still is the transfer price um there's always a price to uh, make fresh water accessible to uh, to end users be it you know through metropolitan water districts here, utilities. So in that case as well, there's a there's a cost obviously for, for the transfer. But given the fact that, um, you know, we're facing severe water stress, specifically in the American Southwest and some communities are already mm-hmm. out of water, be it Rio Verde Hills um, in, uh, in in Arizona. I don't know if you followed up on that. And yeah, then yeah. Mississippi still has challenges in getting um, a clean uh, freshwater access. So I think the cost is relative in comparison to not having Ah uh, clean water access. I mean obviously yeah. we both know no water, no life, no water, no business
0: right so true and it's even if if the the last remaining water that's available, the quality of it may be so compromised that it's so costly to treat. so to have this the source of water uh, that you'd be bringing in i'm i'm just imagining of course the quality of the water is is going to be um is going to be top notch which is is definitely a concern when we're talking about potable water especially um so i i love that um that that quality will be there uh with with this water supply for sure this is really akin to to oil right it is, is this okay okay
1: it, it it is akin to oil but but allow me that little uh, <clears throat> Um, intervention. Um, I'm always like in uh, panel presentations or interviews with the press. Um, there has been this narrative, this mainstream narrative um, developed. You know, water is the new gold, or water is the blue gold, and we have to be very mindful around that because it's um, it's uh, misleading. Water is not a commodity. That's very very important. Water is a precious resource, and uh, and water has been instituted as a, as a human right by the United Nations. I think in 2015 um so we have to be very very careful water requires a lot of integrity custody and stewardship so yes it is obviously um you know a precious resource such as oil or such as as copper aluminum but um it's non renewable and um again you know we're made up of 70% up of 70% of water each each one of us so it it cannot be compared to the traditional commercialization monetization uh, of oil
0: i appreciate that Thanks, Thomas.
1: Um, I quickly, if you allow me, uh, want to backtrack a little bit in terms of the quality. The quality Please. of this water is is very pristine. It has not been exposed to PFAS. It has not been exposed to uh, to industrial toxins. Um, it's obviously more than 10,000 years old. It's uh, glacier melt water. It has no herbicides, pesticides uh, and other contamination. It is not as pure And a lot of uh, our our listeners probably are not aware about that. There's also a quality of water that's called paleo water. And that is very, very rare water that's been stored away for uh, tens of thousands of years in underground aquifers. And we have not even yet embraced this type of water. It's basically, it's uh, persisting in so-called undisturbed spaces, also on other planets uh, that water is also called paleo water, you know, maybe the listeners want to look that up. It's very, very interesting. So there's there are a lot of untapped unconventional water sources that we are, I think as humanity now, um, um, you know, call to, to look upon, but also again, from an angle of stewardship and, uh, and good custody. So in, in, um, in March of March, 2020, uh, March, 2022, um, UN experts called upon nations to tap unconventional water resources. And that includes mm-hmm. um, the Arctic, the Antarctica, but also these, these aquifers under the ocean, um, you know, which have not been considered. Also, the towing and capturing of icebergs. So I just wanted to say that.
0: Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. I appreciate that on, on the water quality. In terms of buyers for this yeah, water, who buyer. do you really think would be the, the best fit?
1: So we have... Um, We're offering the water also for, for, you know, for wholesale and retail and bottles. But in terms Mm -hmm. of the industrial commercial use, it would obviously be, uh, uh, for example, hydropower, it would be agriculture, it would be uh, traditional commercial use, be it, uh, you know, large data centers, uh, et cetera. um, And and, in all kinds of different applications where large quantities of water need to be secured for long-term reliable supply. Um, That also includes obviously municipalities. Although at the moment, um, I think the price is still a challenge because there's still supposedly mm-hmm. enough water for a very low cost, almost free. Um, but I think it's very, very important that also municipalities and, and water districts and water banks are not looking at at basically you know, hedging their freshwater supply and their freshwater reservoirs, ensuring them against, um, against the volatility that we will most likely experience very, very strong in 2023 with increased drought and, um, and, and dryness and climate change.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, we're seeing locally here in Washington and, and I'm here in Moses Lake, Washington. Uh, the city of Moses Lake recently just increased their their rate prices quite a bit and people are feeling it and they're seeing it. But as a response, uh, residents are really looking now to to taking out their lawns, to taking out um, and, and just being more mindful, conserving more water, uh, which I love. So hopefully we will see that more and more across the West, that the actual cost of water, the value of it is reflected in in those rates. I think it's really important. Um, looking forward, Thomas? Yeah, yeah.
1: I agree on that, Christina. And I think it's uh, uh, very, very important too that uh, hum- communities and also the public servants, that least these communities, um, are very well aware uh, of their fiduciary responsibility and duties to to their constituents first and foremost. And when I say constituents, uh, these are the residents. Um, so what we have seen to date, and we're still seeing that is large corporations coming into communities and they're coming with a big, big suitcase of uh, of cash and they're basically buying up the groundwater supply. And we need to have strong um, um, independent uh, 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 public servants in place that make sure that the groundwater supply for communities first and foremost dedicated to the community and then secondly to commercial users and um we also need to be aware of that the easiest way um to a- uh, accelerate water security is really just changing our habits which is reduce reuse recycle yes
0: could not could not agree more absolutely and it's it's we're not just making sure that um that water is legally and physically available, but now, right now, but have got to do this planning and really get serious about looking at the data and how much water is going to be available um, under current pumping rates or, or use, you know, five, 10, 20, 50 years out there, there's just this, this pretty devastating trend. And and I couldn't agree more unless our, our policymakers, decision makers, um, and users, if we don't change our behavior, Uh, It's, it's not looking pretty. So we are right at, I think, a cusp of um, some really um, critical pivotal moments in, in time. So I think that you're coming to the market with this water at a really, really um, important juncture. So uh, Thomas, what are you, what are you excited about? What are you looking forward to coming up in the next year, two years, five years?
1: Well, the I think the immediate excitement is really um, um, towards March 22nd. We have the first uh, uh, UN Water Conference uh, in New York on March 22nd. That also marks uh, World Water Day, the annual World Water Day. And um, so I think these are very exciting events. And the United Nations um, has been uh, creating a lot of side events uh, around, uh, around that uh, very important day. I'm fortunate enough to uh, participate in the um, UN Water Conference in New York. Um, i'm also very excited about uh, basically you know uh, securing the first offtake agreement and uh, uh, completing a successful proof of concept um, that it's possible to to transfer water uh, you know long distance and then help communities in need um, that need water be it in the MENA region uh, be it in europe be it in the united states um, so this is kind of like these are my you know, immediate short term goals for the next uh, 8 to 12 weeks
0: ah oh, fantastic well, I am really encouraged and I'm I'm hopeful that you are going to find the right people that are in need of of this particular water um and and it's only going to develop from from there. Um and I'm excited to hear how things go in New York. What an honor to be to be attending that UN uh World Water Day the conference. I uh, can't wait to hear more about that. So Thank promise, you for so Christina. Thank yes. you, very much.
1: but but let me let me also you know quickly Please. reciprocate. I'm I'm very very grateful. I've been in that space now for eleven years, specifically in the in the American Southwest, and I'm very mm-hmm. very grateful that um, that you launched this digital platform. It was really completely mm-hmm. overdue. Uh, what uh, you know, the Western market, the South, you know, American Southwest, even the United States as a whole need is is a platform where stakeholders connect, communicate, collaborate. And you are created the, the first platform to do that. And it's it's very, very important specifically when it comes to water issues. So I'm, I mean, I'm really grateful for, for the venture that you launched, Christina.
0: Thank you so much, Thomas. I greatly, greatly appreciate that. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I definitely look forward to keeping this conversation going with you.
1: Thank you. Me too, Christina. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Western Water Market Podcast. Now remember, water rights are complex and nothing in these episodes are meant to be considered legal advice. To get the support that you need, visit westernwatermarket.com to search and work with a water right professional in your state.